Welcome to the Rosemont Baptist Church Podcast. Rosemont is a thriving group of believers who desire to connect with Jesus and His church, grow in faith and understanding of God's Word, and serve in our local area and around the world. We are located in LaGrange, Georgia at 3794 Hamilton Road and invite you to attend any of our three services on Sunday mornings. Please visit our website at rosemontchurch.org for more information. And now we pray that God speaks to you in a personal way as you listen to this week's message from Pastor Adam Camp. Take your Bibles and open to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. This is our fourth week in our sermon series we've entitled Happily Ever After. Uh, We're walking through various passages of Scripture that speak about marriage, uh, that think about marriage. We're trying to understand what the Word of God says and then very practically applying that to our lives. We, We all know that marriages in America struggle We've seen the numbers. We've probably seen the data. I want to, again, just tell you what I've told you at the beginning of every sermon over the last few weeks. In Christ, there's hope, right? If we'll trust him, if we'll allow him to work, it's not easy. It requires work every day, every month, every year. Uh, But I hope that this series is just one of the many steps you take in your life and in your marriage to make it better. And so we've kind of given you four levels. I've talked about this each week. The first level is just a sermon series you can kind of do with as you please with the sermon Level two is homework. I've given you some homework every week to kind of think about and to better understand. Uh, Somebody joked with me in the first service, they haven't done a lot of their homework yet. They're behind. Well, just catch up on it. It's okay. You can make it up this week and over the next couple of weeks. Level three, if you're very interested, if you want to talk more, we've got um, staff members that are available to sit down and talk with you. You can fill out an online assessment on our website, rosemontchurch.org. It's just called Marriage Assessment. Fill that out. Someone will get in contact with you and actually sit down with you and counsel through, work through those issues. And then level four, if you need more than that, by the way, several, several couples have already signed up for that. We're in the process of working with couples already. Level four is you say, we need more than that. We have a professional counselor that would love to sit down with you and help you work through issues in your marriage. And so you can let us know how we can best help you and how you can better uh, grow in your faith through this process. Today's Valentine's Day. So I thought it would be appropriate to talk this morning about intimacy And what the scripture says about intimacy, let me define that first of all, then we're going to jump into the scripture here. Intimacy is a very close personal relationship, very private. It's really knowing and being known by another person. Now, I want to say something up front. This is really important. And guys, you got to kind of bear with me, okay? Because when we talk about intimacy, I know what we're thinking. I know what we want to talk about, kind of where we're going. But here's what you need to hear first. This is really important. This is foundational for us. True intimacy is so much more than just physical. All right, let me say that again. True intimacy is so much more than just physical. It is physical. That's part of it. We're going to get to that point, but there's a lot before we get to that point that we need to understand biblically to see what the Bible actually says about intimacy within a marriage. Okay, so Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 22. We have it on the screen. We're going to read through it. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, 
that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Verse 29, for, for no one has ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church, because we're members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So I want to think this morning about three levels of intimacy, okay? We're going to begin, number one, with spiritual intimacy. If we're going to talk about marriage and we're going to talk about intimacy, we need to begin with the spiritual understanding of it. And Paul kind of lays this out for us in Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, in my opinion, uh, 22 through 33, is one of the best passages in Scripture to talk about marriage. And when I talk to young couples that are going through premarital counseling, we start here because I want them to see and understand what the biblical model looks like, how they're supposed to act, how they're supposed to live. But there's a purpose in here that I think a lot of people miss within the context of marriage. So I want you to look specifically at verses 31 and 32. Let's pull those up because I want you to see those uh, with your own eyes. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So I'm going to come back to that one in just a few minutes. Verse 32 is foundational, though. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and his church. So let me put this in perspective for you. <clears throat> let me help you understand what this text is drawing out for us. We're saying that the relationship between a husband and wife in marriage is like the relationship between Christ and his church, right? It's a picture of how we ought to live, right? So when you think about your marriage, men, you fulfill the role of Christ, Wives, you fulfill the role of the church, right? When I mean, you think about how Christ loves the church, men, how he gave everything for the church, sacrifice and serve the church, right? That's your role. Ladies, as the church, we see that the church followed the loving guidance of Christ, right? So we see this beautiful picture of the church as husband and wife. And so some of you are probably thinking, now, wait a minute. I thought marriage was for uh, pleasure, uh, I thought ma marriage was for companionship. I thought it was for fulfillment and, and enjoyment. All those things are true, but listen, they're byproducts. They're byproducts of what Christ intends marriage to be. Right? It's much deeper than that. The goal of marriage is much deeper than simple pleasure or companionship. The ultimate goal of marriage is for you and your spouse to live in such a way that it brings glory to the Lord. You need to understand that. And so the way you treat your spouse, the way you think, the way you act, the way you interact is a picture of Christ in his church. And when you do that in the way that God calls you to do it, it brings honor and glory to him. Now, there's some specifics in here I want you to see. Look at verse 26. Verse 26 is very clear. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. See that, men? See your responsibility? That he might. Here's what you're supposed to do, guys. Sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without 
blemish, right? So there's this calling in our marriages to love each other, to trust each other, to respect each other. But there's this calling in our marriage to deepen our faith and deepen our walk. And men, part of your calling is to help your wife grow in her faith, right? To sanctify her. That's what verse 25 says. To cleanse her by the washing of the water with the word. To present her without spot or wrinkle that she might be holy and without blemish, right? right. The goal of marriage is to deepen our walk, to deepen our faith, to bring glory to Christ, not simply to find pleasure or companionship. I think a lot of people miss that, right? We want to jump right to physical intimacy. That's where we want to go. That's what we want to think about. And, and very often, especially in, in courtship, dating type relationships, we get those two things mixed up, don't we? Like the physical comes first, it's easy, and then later we begin maybe to, to finally think about the spiritual. We've mixed those things up, right? Spiritual is first. How are we serving the Lord? How can I serve my spouse? How can I give of myself? Watch, even if I don't want to. Like Jesus said, Lord, if it's your will, take this cup from me, right? There, there are plenty of times I don't physically want to serve my wife, and, and I'll be very honest with you, there are times that I don't. But when I'm in the right frame of mind and trying to live for Christ, I realize, listen, I don't really feel like serving my wife right now, but I'm going to because this is who the Lord's called me to be. This is the kind of man I want to be. And so we, we begin to understand there's, there's a different approach here to marriage than simple physical, right? We understand that God's got a greater calling for us. Husband, your, your role is to foster a growing relationship with the Lord for you and your wife. Wives, your goal is to love your husband and to follow his godly leadership. And when we do this, when we conduct ourselves in that way, our marriage paints a picture to the world of Christ and his church. Right? You, you want to make a difference in the lives of couples that you're around? Just have a good marriage. Men, treat your wife kindly. Treat her with respect. Say nice things to her and about her. That's very different than the way a lot of men live. We're going to get into some more details here in just a few minutes. But I want you to understand the significance of what we're talking about, right? When we don't do these things, men, when we lead poorly or when we step out or we make bad decisions, we're, we're saying to the world that Christ is going to walk away from his church or lead his church poorly. That's incorrect. That's not what the Bible teaches. Wives, if we don't follow the leadership of our husband, then we're saying to the world that the church doesn't follow Christ. That's not true. So we, we got to understand there's a, a biblical model, a biblical picture that we need to incorporate into our lives and our marriage. We need to live these things out. Now, I want to kind of step aside for a second and, and comment about something. Because I had some comments and some questions last week. They were, they were great questions. And it related to the idea of a woman living in an abusive relationship. And so uh, I had some questions. Should a woman stay and hope that things might change and allow her husband to abuse her or to abuse her children? And the short answer to that is absolutely not. All right, so let me just speak to this because I had somebody come to me and, and speak to me about this that I wanted to uh, kind of convey and help you better understand. Uh, the concern is, and I think the data bears this out in some cases, that there are women that live in abuse, but because they want to be godly and follow their husband's leadership, they allow that husband to abuse them and never speak up. I want to be very clear. If you're living in an abusive marriage, you need to get help right now. Okay? That might be the authorities. That might be a counselor. It might be a pastor. I know there's a lot of different things that could happen and a lot of different possibilities, but you're not required to live in that, right? When a husband is physically or emotionally or, or there are all sorts of types of abuse you can live in, when that's taking place, you need help. He doesn't have the right to do that to you. 
And if you need some help, I'm happy to help you. If, if I can plug you in or, or help you uh, with somebody or a counselor or some authority situation, I'm happy to do that. But you need to understand your husband should treat you in a godly way. And when he's doing things he shouldn't be doing, he's sinning. And the Bible speaks specifically to that. So I want you to understand God gives us this beautiful picture, this perfect picture. We know it's not always like that, but we need to strive to get to this point. Right? And before we kind of jump to the idea of physical intimacy, I just wanted you to see there's a foundation here to marriage that begins with Christ. So if Christ isn't first, if the Lord isn't as important as he should be, if you don't have this spiritual foundation of intimacy, you're going to struggle with everything else. Now let's jump back in. Let's look at this text again. I'm going to read it all, beginning in Ephesians 22, 5, 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. See the relationship, husband and wife, Christ and his church. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Watch. And gave himself up for her. Why? That he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one has ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ in the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So we've seen spiritual intimacy, the idea that the Lord comes first, that there's a greater purpose in marriage, the idea of glorifying Christ. Here's number two. I want to look and think about emotional intimacy. Right? There's spiritual intimacy. Then there's emotional. Look at verse 33. I want you to kind of see how Paul summarizes this biblical marriage. He says, let each of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. If you wanted to kind of summarize and simplify marriage, you could say, husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husband. Now, the problem is when we say that, we don't necessarily know how to live that out. I can remember when I was first married, I knew uh, intellectually, I guess, that I was supposed to be the spiritual leader in the home. I'd heard that. I grew up in church. I got that. But I didn't know how to do it. It wasn't that I was opposed to it or didn't want to be the leader. I just didn't actually practically know how to live that out. And truth be told, uh, over 20 years later, I'm still working through that. And by the way, I hope you think every single year that you're going to get better in marriage. It should never be this thing you kind of plateau. I want to be a better husband next year than I am now. I, I, my wife wants to be a better wife next year than she is now. So there's this constant growth, this constant development, understanding how we live and how we think and how we act, right? But I didn't know quite how to be a spiritual leader. And so I'm going to now kind of go into this practical phase, right? We've seen spiritual, now emotional. I want to kind of walk through with you very practically what this can look like in your life. Okay, this is not an exhaustive list. We're going to go through this. I just want to open your eyes a little bit to it because some of you are unsure. Some of you aren't quite uh, familiar with what this might look like. I'm going to talk through the idea of respect for the wife 
and love for the husband. Okay, so here's the first question. How can a wife demonstrate respect? These are very practical things I'm going to give you and just walk through these. Okay, here's some ways, ladies, you can demonstrate respect for your husband. First, and by the way, these are not in any specific order, and it's not an exhaustive list. It's just designed to get you thinking, help you better understand kind of what we're getting at here. Look for ways to build up and encourage your husband. Right? Look for the things that he does well and compliment him. Right? One of the best things you can do is speak to your husband about something he's done well. Right? If my wife wants to get me excited and help me feel good about everything, she can compliment me on something I've done. Right? It's just real simple. I tell her, honey, it's not rocket science. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty easy here, right? Just tell me I did a good job cutting the grass. Tell me the paint job looks nice. Tell me you're thankful I took the trash off to the dump. It's pretty simple. Not real complicated, but those made me feel good. Thank you, honey. I appreciate you noticing, right? Let's speak to the things he does well. Build up and encourage him. The second one goes along with this. Speak well of your husband. Right? This is especially true when you're talking to other people, especially when he's around. Don't belittle him. Don't belittle him. Right? Everybody thinks it's funny and he laughs because he has no other real response in front of all these people. But I'm just telling you, when your wife cuts on you like that or makes fun of you, it's not helpful. Right? Encourage him. Say, by the way, this goes both ways, but especially for the wife to the husband here. Speak well of your husband. Thirdly, allow your husband to lead spiritually. Right? Men, we're trying to figure this out, aren't we? Like, there's no real good manual for marriage. There's a lot of great things in Scripture, but nobody gave me a playbook when I got married. I'm figuring it out as I go. And so learning to be the leader spiritually is a process. Ladies, sometimes we just got to let him do that, right? Encourage him, suggest things, help him, be his partner, but allow him to do the things he needs to do to lead your family spiritually. Fourth, be careful what you say. We've talked about this already a little bit, but words can hurt Right? And it's very easy for us to get frustrated or angry and say things that we regret, say things maybe we don't really mean. Hurtful things can harm our relationship. Fifth, a loving touch can make all the difference. I'm going to read you what a writer said about her husband. Listen to this. When I know my husband is tense or stressed, all it takes is a massaging touch to his neck, shoulders, back, along with a fully engaged listening ear, give glory to God as we care for one another, right? Just a simple touch, uh, the shoulders, holding of the hand, that physical touch matters, okay? It's a really big deal. And then lastly, and we're gonna get more into this in just a few minutes, foster a healthy physical relationship. Ladies, this is a big deal to your husband, okay? Let me say that again in case anybody didn't already know. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. You know this. This is a big deal. In fact, it's right up at the top of needs. Maybe number one, some people would say. Okay, so in your marriage, this is a big deal. You need to think about it, talk about it, work on it, discuss it, whatever it takes to make this a strong part of your relationship. All right, now to the husbands. Husbands, how can we demonstrate love to our wives? Okay, here's... A list is not exhaustive, it's not in a certain order, but here's some things you ought to be doing to demonstrate that you love your wife. Lead her spiritually. Right? I promise you, men, your wife wants you to lead her spiritually. I promise. Okay? That means simple things like lead the family in prayer before you eat. Begin spiritual conversations. Right? Why don't you become intentional this week about bringing God into your conversations with your children? Your wife's going to be happy about that, I promise. Right? Lead in church attendance. 
Right? Don't be the one that kind of, eh, I don't know, let's go out of town, let's go do this, let's sleep in. You be the one that leaves. No, we're going to church. Not only are we going to go to church, we're going to go to Sunday school, right? We're going to go to a small group. Why? Because it's a big deal. And as the husband of this home, I think it's a big deal for my wife and my children and myself to be involved. I'm going to lead in this. You know, if you're at home and, and husbands, you're like, my wife doesn't want to come, then you come. I promise you, I promise you, you husbands, you start coming pretty regularly, your family's going to follow, promise. All right, lead them spiritually. Next, provide for her. Give her the things she needs. Take care of her. Take care of your children. Three, value her. Treat her with respect. All right, this is a struggle sometimes for men. Right? Our tone, our words, our body language, those things matter. You get a bunch of guys in a room together, it doesn't matter how we talk or look, we're fine. Like we can yell at each other playing basketball or shove each other or be mad or happy or arm wrestle or throw. What? It doesn't matter. We're okay with that. Body language and the physical stuff is fine with guys. We like that kind of stuff. You can't do that with your wife. Okay? You just can't bring that into the home with her. It doesn't help her. The gruff, rough, telling her the truth whether she likes it or not, that's not how we need to be living, guys. That's not helping your marriage. Treat her with value. Treat her with respect. Next, one of the ways you can treat her respect and show her value is to listen to her. Right? Now watch. This takes time and effort. This takes you turning off the TV. Right? This takes you putting down the phone. This takes you coming in from doing something outside that you'd rather be doing. This takes an effort on your part, but it's awfully important for you to spend time with her, respect her, listen to her. Next, tell her you love her. Right, the old joke is the guy said, listen, the day I got married, I told my wife that I loved her. And if anything changes, I'll let her know. That's not good enough. Right? Don't assume that she knows because you told her that one time at the altar. That's great. That's great. That's a great start. But it's an ongoing process for her. She needs to hear this from you regularly. Every day, once a day. Okay, you need to get in the habit of telling your wife how much she means to you, how much you love her, and then do the small things, right? Give her flowers, text her out of the blue. Hey, I'm just thinking about you today. I love you. Call her, reach out and hold her hand in public. Learn what she loves and do those things, right? We, we see that there are very clear, very simple ways we can show love, very clear, very simple ways we can show respect. Men, you ought to be constantly trying to figure out how I can better love my wife and demonstrate that to her. Ladies, you should be constantly trying to figure out how I can better respect my husband and show him respect, right? That's a very important part of marriage. So we've got the spiritual, we, we kind of get that, the foundation of Christ, the emotional in the way that we love and respect and communicate with each other. And then thirdly is physical intimacy, right? So there's spiritual, there's emotional, then there's physical. Verse 31 of Ephesians 5, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, hold fast to his wife, the two shall become one flesh. And we kind of make sure you understand this and get this. Uh, when it comes to marriage, physical intimacy is extremely important, and we need to understand that it's given to us by the Lord, designed for our pleasure. You understand that? For some reason within Christian homes, sometimes it's, it's taboo, or we're scared to talk about it, or embarrassed to talk about it, or for whatever reason, it never comes up. And I get that sometimes, but oftentimes that causes a problem in our marriages, we need to see this as a gift that God has given us. 
Right? The Bible talks over and over about the importance of physical intimacy. Right? It's creation of life. We see that in Genesis chapter 1. It brings oneness. We've seen that in several passages of Scripture, and we'll see that again in just a minute. It brings pleasure. Right? Proverbs 5.18, may your fountain be blessed. May you rejoice in the wife of your youth. Right? So we say, okay, what are some things we can do to help maintain physical intimacy in our marriage? Here's a very practical help. Right? Planning ahead is a big deal. Let me say that again. Planning ahead is a big deal. Adam, shouldn't it just be spontaneous? Well, yeah, it can be. But when you got a lot of kids and jobs and work and schedule and up at 5 and asleep at 10 or whatever, it's difficult, right? We understand that. I mean, trust me, I got four kids. I get it. And so you, you, you think, yeah, it needs to be spontaneous. That's great. But there are times it can be planned as well, right? Now, I don't know if I'd go as far as to put it on your calendar, although I can see some of you guys already getting your calendar out right now showing your wife, honey putting it on the counter. It's okay to plan. It's okay to think ahead. It's okay to be proactive, right? That's a big deal. Now I want to give you some ways in which you can plan, kind of three areas to kind of think through preparing, right? Because let's be clear, men, we're ready a lot faster than our wives. We get that, right? So our wives sometimes need help or need us to help her preparing and getting ready for this, right? So here are kind of three ways. We're going to put these up on the screen. You can prepare your soul, first of all, for physical intimacy. That goes back to the original point. The idea that God has given us this. It's God's idea. He wants us to have pleasure. We can pray about it. We can talk about it. We can understand this is what God has shown us in Scripture is a big part of our marriages, right? So we prepare our soul. Secondly, we prepare our mind for physical intimacy. Guys, you need to understand stress and the problems of life weigh on your wife more so in this area than they do on you, okay? So helping to alleviate some of that stress, helping to alleviate some of that burden, helping to prepare your mind so you're ready for this, staying emotionally intimate, speaking kindly to your wife, doing nice things for her, all of those things prepare her mind for this. You understand? Guys, we're, we're ready for the physical intimacy. Like right now, the wife takes a little bit longer. We've got to think through this. Help her prepare her soul, help her prepare her mind. You see the idea of, of us kind of helping and guiding this process? This is what the scripture teaches. Thirdly, we can prepare our body for physical intimacy, right? Get enough rest. Wives, you probably have already figured this out, but if you have not, let me be clear. Men are visual, right? They like to see things, and so that's helpful for us as we prepare and kind of get ready. Husbands, your wife needs tenderness and patience. You understand that? And so we got to understand there are two dynamics at play here. And as we think about this, talk through this, work through this, prepare our hearts and our minds for this, we see how this can work. We see the picture that God has given us, right? Physical intimacy should be a priority in our marriage. It should not be something that just happens every now and again. It should happen regularly. And in order for that to happen, we've got to work through things to make sure that it's possible. So wives, you need to understand. Here's a couple of just kind of real key points, real practical points. Wives, you need to understand for your husband, frequency counts, right? That's a big deal. That's between you and your spouse to kind of work through that, but it's a little different for you. For him, frequency counts. Husbands, you need to understand for your wife, friendship counts. See the difference? 
Right, and the way you treat her and how kind you are to her and you help her do the dishes after dinner and you help get the kids in bed, that's all part of it, right? I know for you, you're like, no, it's not part of it. It has everything to do with it. Trust me, I've been married for 20 years. Just trust me, okay? It's a big part of it. You lead into that. We're preparing our hearts. Our wife needs that companionship and our friendship from us, right? So we need to understand God has given us this, We should celebrate it. The beauty of physical intimacy within marriage is a wonderful, wonderful thing. One author said it like this. When I care about her emotionally, respond sensitively to her needs, and assist her with tasks that are important to her, she is more interested in me physically. That's right. God has given us this beautiful gift. God has given us this beautiful plan. It's a wonderful thing we need to talk about and understand and work on and foster. Now, with it being Valentine's Day, I'm going to give you your homework, okay? You know what your homework is already, don't you? You already figured it out by now? Okay, work on intimacy, right? Spiritual, emotional, physical. Now, men, let's just be clear. There are three bullet points up here, not just one. Okay, there are three. We're not gonna, you're not going to go to the head of the class, honey, I got the first two, right? We don't need to work on the No, you do need to work on the first two. We're going to start there. Spiritual, emotional, physical. This is how the Lord's prescribed it for us. Right, this is the picture he's painted. This is the thing we need to understand. And, th- and then remember, this is the most important part. As you live like this, as you grow in intimacy, whether it's spiritual or emotional or physical, when you do these things and love one another and respect one another and treat each other with kindness, you glorify the Lord in your marriage. Isn't that a beautiful picture? You bring glory to the Lord in the way you live with your spouse and the way you find joy and fulfillment and hope and passion. And when you do those things as the Lord teaches, if we trust him in our marriage, we can absolutely live happily ever after. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for a beautiful picture of intimacy within the scripture, Father. And we thank you that this is a gift you've given us. We thank you, Father, for for the understanding now of the spiritual and the emotional and finally the physical, Father. I pray that the marriages within this church, really within this world, would be strengthened, Father. I pray the people that, that have heard this sermon this morning whether at home or overflow or live or in our earlier services. Father, they, they would take this to heart and through the power of the Spirit, you would speak to them very clearly. Encourage them to, to, to make the changes, to, to fix the things that need to be fixed. And Father, ultimately, let us all see that our marriages bring glory to you. Use us for the sake of your kingdom. We'll give you the praise and the honor and the glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.